Pastor Angela. Wow. Beautiful presence of the Lord. How many of you know that God will offend you every once in a while? <laughs> and he's God. I remember the, uh, the disciples, where was it on the road of Emmaus? They were walking and they didn't even know that they were walking with the Lord. And wasn't it Jacob that said in Bethel, surely the Lord was in this place and I didn't know it. <laughs> Sometimes God shows up in different ways, right? He's God. I was like to read and listen a lot to any of you know Bethel Church, Bill Johnson, and he talks about this great, probably the foremost known authority today in revival. And what I love, he says, is we've made a, a habit of studying revivals instead of studying God's heart for revival. And, and if you studied, many have been aborted, many moves of God. Right? And there's a price to pay. I'm not going to talk about that today. But there is a price to pay for revival. Sometimes you can't have a move of God and your dignity. I don't like being carried out on the floor. I am very composed. I'm very conservative. But it's like, do you want your dignity or do you want me to move? You choose. And so when I get up, I get up with awe and reverence. And Lord, like, you do what you want to do. I'll get out of your way quick. But I do believe the Lord has a word, um, a word of salvation, of healing, deliverance today. Before I start, let's just one more time. That, that song blessed me so much, Sister Mary. Just maybe the, the chorus. And let that be your prayer. Just Let's worship just for a few minutes. And say, I will make room for you to do whatever you want to do. Can, can we pray that sincerely? Because sometimes the room that we make may be for correction. Right? But it's always in love. And sometimes it may be for healing. Sometimes it may be to address an issue that needs to be addressed. But how what about we sing that chorus one more time to God? I said, today, I will make room. We'll make room in this church. We'll make room in our families and we'll make room in our heart to say, Lord, whatever you want. See, because sometimes we are too smart for our own good. We really are. We try to figure it out. We think we have the pulse on things. We think we know. And the truth is that we could just be heading in one direction and thinking that everything is okay. And that is the total opposite direction that God wants to take your life. But if you just make room for him to whisper... If you just make room for him to speak a word into your life, he'll, he'll, he'll redirect you. He'll recalibrate you. Somebody here needs to hear that word. Lift your voices. Lift your hands. And I will make room for you to do whatever you want. Whatever you want. I will make room for you. Yeah. To do whatever you want. 
throne of grace Lord I realize I have nothing to give if it doesn't come from you Father open our hearts Lord if it pleases you would you visit us today once again we never want to take for granted the incredible gift and awe and holiness of your presence Father return us to those times we know there were times of rigidness and legalism but there was also something special there was a holy reverence and awe to your presence that somehow we've lost along the way Lord prepare our hearts Lord I give you permission to offend my thinking break my walls down break my traditions And show up any way that you want to show up. Whether it's with fire and thundering or it's a whisper. You're God. And we give you, we shouldn't even say permission because you're all powerful. Everything belongs to you. But Father, we give you permission to come into our hearts. To search us. As David said, examine me. Show us areas, Lord, that hinder us 
from getting into your presence. Bring salvation, bring healing, bring signs and wonders. Confirm your word. And we give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. You can sit or whatever. (laughs) 20 minutes probably. I'm going to be quick. 20, 25. I love what the pastor said. The word in the spirit. Psalms 103, 1 through 5, one of my favorite passages. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities. We say 90% of your iniquities? All. Who heals all your diseases who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I want to talk a few minutes about claiming your inheritance as a son and as a daughter of God. Oftentimes we look at the cross and we think that the cross was just for salvation, which was probably the greatest gift that God gave to us. But the cross did so much more. And I think we can never understand the fullness of God's grace, the depth of his love, until we understand the gravity of the sin debt that each one of us had. Ephesians 1.7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. In him... We have redemption. Do you know what the word redemption, redeem means? It means to purchase back, to buy back. And that's why Paul in 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, For you are bought at a price through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. There was a legal transaction that took place with the blood of Jesus that purchased your salvation and my salvation. Isaiah, Isaiah 53, 4 through 6. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray and have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I'll never forget, Pastor Angela, just years ago I had this dream. And it was so real. It was so vivid. And I saw the Lord on on the cross suffering. And I was hiding behind something. And when I looked at myself, I was naked. And I had so much shame, so much guilt. I just felt the penalty of sin, the the stench of what my life was. And I didn't want to move. I was just so consumed with guilt. But something was telling me, get under the cross. (laughs) Get under the cross. And, and, And I was hesitating because there was just so much guilt. I didn't want anybody to see me. 
and, and being naked, right? I just, I, in the dream, I just felt I can't expose myself and just, but something kept telling me if you could make it to the cross. And, and I finally mustered up the strength and courage to get under the cross. And as soon as I came under the cross, I could see the blood and the water coming from him. And it was like a shower. <laughs> and it just kept raining over me. And raining and, and with each drop and with each pouring that was coming out, the guilt began to leave. The shame began to leave. And before I knew it in that dream, I just I felt so complete. I felt so forgiven, so clean. And so our inheritance is not just the salvation. Our inheritance also includes healing and deliverance. Did you know that in the Old Testament that was a package? You ever go to, and I shouldn't, I'm trying to eat better, but, you know, when you go to a fast food, you order something. It's like, would you like the combo, right? The fries and the drink. It's like, no, just give me the burger. And I think as a church, as we've evolved, we've done that. We, we look at the cross and we're thankful for it, but it's the salvation. We just think, okay, we give our lives to God. Now we have, we've escaped hell. We have eternal salvation. But we forget that so many things were paid for at the cross. Your healing was paid for at the cross. And I believe there will be physical healings. I claim it in Jesus' name today. The Bible says not only that he was bruised for our iniquities, but by his stripes we are healed. Did you know the Roman crucifixion was one of the cruelest ways to die? Before the crucifixion, the uh, canonine tails, you know, the, the whip that they would put metal and glass. And so when they would whip the back, it, it just wouldn't be a whip. It would have these metals and glass that would actually rip the skin apart. And the price that he had to pay. So those stripes are for your healing, specifically for your healing. That was already purchased. So when I hear people saying, Lord, please heal me. Lord, please have mercy. You get compassion. But how many know that God is, not nece- God is a compassionate God, but he's not necessarily moved by compassion or need? If that were the case, every place of the earth where there's hunger, would, it would already be satisfied because there's great need. And he's not an indifferent God. He's a compassionate and loving God. But he's left instructions to us to to bring his kingdom to where we're at. And so we have to learn to pray from the proper perspective. Ephesians 1 3 says that blessed be the Lord our Savior who has blessed us with what? All spiritual blessings. Where? In heavenly places. Not some, but all. And I've been asking the Lord, Lord, what are you doing here? What's stirring up? And I know he's talking to to pastor, I know. But one thing I felt I heard in my spirit is you're you're contending for an open heaven. I really felt I heard that. And if it opens, you look out, (laughs) right? But you have to pray from the proper perspective. If you need healing, right, faith is the currency of the kingdom, if I, when I go to a foreign country, most countries accept dollars, but I can't. Sometimes I'll bring the 
you know, whether it's Costa Rica, Mexico, Peru, just as a souvenir, I'll, I'll bring some change or, or a dollar bill or something. But I can't use that here for the most part, right? It's not the currency. So we have to learn to move in the currency of the kingdom. And when you approach God for healing, we're supposed to say, Lord, thank you for my healing because you purchased it already. All right? It's purchased. It's paid for. It's like if I, I, I buy something and then I go to the store and try to renegotiate the price or try to ask for the terms. It's like, no, it, it's paid for. Just, just say it. My healing is paid for. It's paid for. It, it's paid for. I mean, what else can I tell you? It's paid for. It's yours. And sometimes healing is instantly. I've been in services where it's instantly. We're blind eyes or back or whatever, ears. It's instant. Sometimes it's progressive. And that's not up to me. I, I learned to stop, you know, worrying about that. And it's biblical, right? You saw Jesus do most miracles were instant. The lepers, though, were as they left, right? They were cleansed. One of the, the blind men, when Jesus prayed the first time and said, what do you see? Well, I see men as trees. And he prayed again, right? Those are little nuggets, gold nuggets to, to know that sometimes you have to contend for your healing. And whether it takes a week, a month, or a year, it doesn't matter. You keep, you keep claiming it. This just blows my mind. Verse 6 of Isaiah 53 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Can you imagine? Every sin, past, present, and future. Every civilization. Every dirty thought. Every dirty act. Every lie. Every cheating. Every stealing. Every act of adultery. Fornication. Every single thing was laid on him at that moment. My mind can't fathom that. And if anyone had discernment, it was Jesus. And so when he cried out, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? I'm not a theologian, but I believe there was a moment, whether it was a minute or an hour, I don't know. But there was a moment where he was alone. Jesus knew if one thing he valued was the presence of the Father. And he knew, remember the woman with the issue of blood, people are pressing on him, he's in a crowd, and he's like, who touched me? He knew, he could sense, he had, the spirit, he says, without measure. But there was a moment that I believe that he was all alone. And I think that was his greatest battle, not just to carry the entire weight of human, of humanity, everything. Think of, if I can just, but I'd, we'd be here all day if I'd be confessing all of my sins. <laughs> and now billions of people, the entire human race, all of that sin, all of that darkness laid on him. And if that's not enough, then the full wrath of God came upon him because there was a penalty. There was a sin debt to be paid that you and I could never pay. And that's what makes Christianity different from every religion that's there. Every other religion tries to tell you how you can make it to God by doing penance, by doing so many things, spiritually, physically, just looking to accomplish the favor of God. And God says, never. On your best day, on my best day, 
all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. So from the preacher to the prostitute, we all need the cleansing blood of Jesus in our lives. Don't ever forget that. John 3.16, it's a verse that I don't hear preached a lot, I guess because it's so popular. But I knew I needed to preach it because as I was typing this up, I, I'm not, you know, God will speak through different ways to you. But as, as I was typing the verse, I looked, just glanced at my clock and it was 3.16. I said, okay, I'm, I'm on target. <laughs> I'm a little hard-headed sometimes. So the next morning, I just woke up, said, I, I need to pray. And I looked and it was 3.16. I said, okay, <laughs> I, I think I got it. But still a powerful verse. For God so loved the world. I ask myself sometimes, where did that love come from? Because we certainly didn't merit it. (laughs) He chose. He made a decision to love us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. I prayed a prayer many years ago to God, and I felt that I was sincere. I said, Lord, if you have to send me to the furthest continent to reach one soul, I'm in. Yeah, I'd love to go preach to thousands and see hundreds saved, but I said, Lord, because you paid the price. So if somebody else doesn't want to go to the most remote place, you just send me. Just just point me in the direction, even if it's for one I'll go because you paid the price, the ultimate price. And so I don't know if it's for someone that will watch this online or someone here today, but I felt this. And the the 99, the rest of us need to rejoice, right? (laughs) Amen. Are you ready to meet God? Is there a question mark on the eternity of your soul? Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The gift. See, a gift can be accepted or be rejected. John 10.9.11, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. There's no other way. Do you know going to church doesn't save you? A membership doesn't save you. I'm Christian, evangelical, non-denominational, Baptist. That doesn't save you. A title doesn't save you. Being an elder, a pastor, that doesn't save you. Until you come to the point in your life where you realize that I have a sin debt, I am unworthy, I am destined to hell. I'm sorry, we just don't get a lot of that preaching today, right? Sorry. Until I realize... That my actions, my sin nature, has made me an enemy with God, but that he has made the provision, that his son paid the price. Until I realized that the price that I owed, right? Because a lot of times you hear, well, who crucified Jesus? Well, the Romans did. Or or was it the crowd that a week before were singing his praises, Hosanna, Hosanna, and then the next week they're shouting, crucify him, right? Crucify him. Who was it? No, it was you. It was me. 
It was your sin. It was that time you lied, that time you cheated, that time you manipulated. That is what hung our Savior on the cross. And when he was there, he was thinking of you. So it is my sin that crucified Christ. I'm not going to put it on the Romans. It was me. And I had a sin debt that could not be paid, that I didn't have enough money. Whether I lived a million times and and reincarnated a million times, it still would not be good enough. But he paid the price. Willingly, he laid down his life. And until I understand that in my soul, in my spirit, and come to Jesus and say, Lord, that was my debt, and you paid it, and I accept that gift of salvation. I have no excuses, but I accept your gift. What we've done is we've, we, we've you know, and I'm not being critical, the church is, is God's, right? But too many times we relegate the salvation part to the last 30 seconds, right, of a message, of a motivational message. It's like, hey, if you'd like to make the Lord your Savior, just say this prayer, <laughs> right? But we need more preaching that says, no, you were destined to hell. You, you're sinful, wretched man that I am. And to understand that I need his saving grace. If you don't know 100% in your heart, That if today was your last day or if the Lord came back, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you are right with God. Today's your day. See, God had it on his calendar today. This was your divine appointment. And he's offering you this gift. Not only did the cross buy our salvation, but again, it bought our healing and it bought our deliverance. First John 3, 8, the last part says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. John eight thirty six. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. My wife and I this week were doing some work in the backyard and pulling out a lot of weeds that had killed a, a pretty big area of grass. So just pulling weeds, I was exhausted. Oh, just pulling, stretching, pulling out, filling up huge trash bag. And as I sat down to catch my breath, lest I would faint, um, I felt the Holy Spirit says, that's what I want to do in your heart and in the hearts of my people. Because they've entangled themselves in so many things. It's not about condemnation. It's about freedom. It's about genuine deliverance. And God wants to make you free, free from anger, free from depression, free from soul ties, right? If you'd let him, he'll do it this, this afternoon. First Corinthians 2, 4, and I begin to wrap up. Apostle Paul says, In my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. I've been told on more than one occasion that my preaching is very simple. (laughs) And it it wasn't meant as an offense and I didn't take it. I remember a gentleman, a reporter in Venezuela, it's like, that's like you preach to kids. And he was trying to be careful because I know he didn't want to offend me, but he was like, 
Like there's not a lot of depth. <laughs> but, 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 but God moves. I said, yeah. I'll take God's move over my being articulate or deep or revelatory any day. I don't want to be deep. You want something deep, repent, live holy, <laughs> and God will visit you, right? So I'm happy with that. I prepare my notes as best as I can. I communicate as best as I can, but I've learned one thing. I'd rather see a move of God than listen to me talk any day, any day of the week. Isaiah 61, 1 through 4, and I'll ask the worship team if they can make their way back. I, I call this the, the great exchange. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Are you brokenhearted? Are you bound in whatever area? Depression, suicidal thoughts, anger, jealousy, those things that you try to hide really well. Insecurities, disappointment. God is inviting you today to say, why don't you bring me that? And I'll give you something in exchange. Bring me your ashes and I'll give you beauty. Give me your mourning, your sadness, and I'll give you joy. What a loving, incredible father we have. I want to be sensitive to the move of the Holy Spirit. That's why I like to be quick, so not leave time for him to move. I believe there will be healings today that the Lord will make known, deliverance for those that want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But I want the intercessors in the house at this moment to begin to intercede for. There's that one lost soul. Again, maybe online when you see it, it may be here. I don't know. And Satan, I order you to loose the mind now in the name of Jesus. Loose. It said that the angels rejoice. There's like a party in heaven every time a soul comes. And I'm going to ask you to be an evangelist, a missionary today. Very, very subtly. Very quietly, a person that's next to you say, hey, do you know the Lord? You may be the only one. If, this, if today you just need to give your heart to God or you need to reconcile it to God, say, look, I don't understand this. I didn't grow up in church. That's okay. But there's something telling you I need God in my life. Don't walk out of here the same. If I came here today just for you, then it's couldn't ask for anything else. Why don't we stand and let's just
worship for a few moments. And if that's you, if you need to give your heart to Christ today, come to the front. I'd love to pray for you. Jesus said, if you're embarrassed of me, if you don't profess me before man, then I won't profess you before the Father. He hung naked on a cross, beaten, stricken for you. He did that for you and for me. So this morning, as we worship, if you feel that tug, come give your heart to God. Just come to the front. Let's worship. Hallelujah. This young man a hand. Praise the Lord. Who else needs to make their heart right with the Lord? Who else? Who else? Today is the day of your salvation. Don't let this day pass. God is speaking to your heart. Son, come home. Come home. I knew it. I didn't call you out because I knew God was with you. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We give you glory, Lord. We exalt you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Jonathan, Pastor Jonathan, would you lead him in the Lord to repent? And Pastor, would you lead him? Your participants in this. Just very slowly. Stretch your hands, congregation. See, these are two souls that the enemy had <laughs> that have been ripped from his arms. Tell me it wasn't worth it. This is what the church is about. 
reaching out to the lost, to the afflicted, to the hurting. Let's honor the moment. Let's reverence it. Hallelujah. Pray and intercede for them like they were your children, like they was your sons up here. How would you feel then? See, when you rejoice about others, God will do it in your family. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. We give you glory, 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 glory. Welcome to the family, son. <laughs> Give them a big amen. Give them a big applause. Hallelujah. Someone that has a back waist condition, just very uncomfortable, spasms, something. Come up quickly if it's you. Trouble the waters, Lord. Come on, come on. A lot of times I'll I'll feel it. That's how I call it out. I'm not that smart. (laughs) I have to be careful sometimes if I'm sore to make sure it's not me, but we'll trust the Lord. If, I, if you're the back condition, just come stand here. Get some elders or ushers behind. 
I want you to, congregation, stretch your hands. The pastor called me a few weeks ago. He's in his 80s. And um, he traveled with my dad for many years. He calls me Junior. So, Junior, let me tell you about the time in, I forgot it was Venezuela or Panama. Because there was a, a gentleman your dad prayed for. Went back to his doctor. And the doctor couldn't believe it because the doctor had operated on him years before and took out his lung. He had one lung. And now he had two lungs. Or the pastor I met in Connecticut, never had met him before. He goes, I was in your dad's crusade. He goes, well, let, let me tell you the story. He goes, I was in the hospital. On my deathbed, my kidneys were failing. And somebody called me and said, hey, there's a preacher man that prays for sick people. He goes, but... He goes, so I snuck out of the hospital. He goes... And he, he played it out for me. So I go to the, your dad's crusade hunched over because I couldn't stand because of my kidneys. He goes, it was just the atmosphere. Your dad didn't even pray for me. All of a sudden, I stood up straight. Because so I got home and he goes, my undergarments were full of sand and blood. He goes, and every time I go to the doctor now, when he checks my kidneys, he goes, it just it doesn't make sense. These kidneys are like 20 years younger than you. He goes, and I did the math, and that's the day that God created new kidneys. So I say these things to stir up your faith. Right? I have no healing power. It's God. In fact, God showed that to my dad when he started his ministry. He showed him a dream, and he was... On top of a mountain, he was praying for a demon-possessed boy. And he was praying really hard. He said, nothing would happen. Nothing would happen. And all of a sudden, he sees Jesus walking up. And Jesus just touched him. And he was healed. And he turns to my father and says, I'm putting healing in your hands. But I just want you to know it's me. It's not you. So I'm just a messenger. But I believe God. <laughs> Remember, healings could be instant, progressive. You've got to contend for them. But you also can take a step of faith and try to do something that you haven't done before. So lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, I order every muscle, every vertebrae to straighten out. Now, in the name of Jesus, every disc, every vessel that's inflamed... And Father, we curse the sickness in the name of Jesus and we claim that by your stripes we were healed. Receive in the name of Jesus the fire of God. Receive it, receive it. There it is, there it is. Fire, fall. Heal, heal, heal. Set free. Set free, set free. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Complete healing. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Continue to stretch your hands. Continue to pray. Heal, heal, heal. Set free. In the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let your healing virtue flow, Holy Spirit. Be glorified today, Lord. Be lifted high. Be lifted high. Be lifted high. I believe many will be healed today. Do something you couldn't do before. Take a step of faith. Believe God. Believe God. Believe God. The healer is here. He's here. Exalt his name, begin to exalt his name. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord, all the earth. And all the earth will shout your Somebody help me bring this to your brother. I don't know what it is, but I, I feel... Will you allow me to pray for you? you? With the glasses right there. Yes, you. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but God knows. That's good enough, right? <laughs> Lift your hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, touch your son. right there. Holy Spirit, come. Fire of God. I just see just chains breaking, just thoughts, thoughts. Healing, healing, healing virtue. 
healing virtue in the name of Jesus. Flow, 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 flow. There it is. Just take it. Just take it in. He's doing the work. He's not going to embarrass you. He's doing the work. He doesn't want to let you leave the same. We have such a loving Father. There it is. Touch, touch. Fire of God. Fire, fire. Heal, set free, deliver. Be embarrassed. I've been very, always very careful because the Holy Spirit is doesn't try to put anybody on the spot. But there's something in the mind, whether it's thoughts, depression, something God wants to break. Right? It's, it's nothing to be ashamed of. We all go through different seasons. We all have scars. But but if you get attacked more frequently than not, and you have trouble controlling your thoughts. Come here quickly, quickly. Don't think about it. Quickly, quickly, quickly. The price is paid, dear sister. The price is paid. Hallelujah. Never again, Satan. Never again. Lift your hands. Father, I decree a hedge, a wall of fire, a hedge of protection. Loose now in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that we are to take every thought into captivity, anything that would exalt itself against the obedience of Jesus Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, you are free. Free. Free, 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 free. Keep praying. Keep interceding. Stretch your hands. Stretch your hands. Never again. Never again. Never again. Never again.